Okay, every kiss begins with? Every kiss begins with? (laughs) My wife. I'm glad to hear that, David. I hope that that's true. Hey, I guess marketing works, right? Every kiss begins with K. If you know that, you know that those people are going to spend millions of dollars to try to get their message out in the Super Bowl tonight. Obviously, marketing works. If we know every kiss begins with K, and you think of K Jewelers, well, today I want to say this, that every love story begins with J and Jesus. That any love story worth living or worth knowing is really God's love story, His love story for us. And February's here, and I hope that you know that love is supposed to be in the air. Uh, Next Sunday, guys, we're helping you out a whole lot. We're providing dinner for you and a place to bring your wife and uh, to learn more about love and marriage. So I hope you're going to take us up on that. But love is certainly in the air here in February. For the next two weeks, this week and next week, I'm kind of doing a little bit of a mini-series on love. Uh, Today, we will focus on God's love for us. Next week will be more about marital love and that relationship. But remember, if you're single or married or young person, we're going to talk about Jesus and His love. And so for some of you who are saying, man, love isn't in the air. Nothing but pain and woundedness and emptiness and brokenness and loneliness is in the air for me. Be of good cheer. Because we are going to look at the greatest lover in His love story. I was reading in my devotionals this week uh, from a guy named Charles Ringma. And he said this, The greatest thing that can ever happen to us is not that we fall in love with someone. The greatest thing that can ever happen to us is not that we fall in love with someone, but that we are loved. i got to tell you the truth, it's an amazingly grand thing to fall in love with someone. But oh my goodness. To have someone know you and still love you. To be loved. That truly is the greatest of all. And the greatest love that we can ever know or receive is not the love of a spouse. Although that's pretty marvelous. Or not the love of a mother or father or parent. Although that's pretty wonderful. And not even the love of a child or family. Although that's amazing. The greatest love we could ever receive or ever know is the love of God Almighty. The Creator of heaven and earth. The One who right now holds all things in His hands. The One who has named all of the stars. The the Sovereign King of the universe. That He could know us and know us by name and love us. I mean, that's the love we need to marinate in. That's the love we need to celebrate. That's the love that we need to enjoy. And that's the love we're going to begin with this morning. It's his love story is the greatest love story. It's not ours. I've always prayed for a good love story. I I don't know what it is about me, but I always wanted a marriage that, that had something amazingly special about it. I think God is blessed in many ways. But it's not ultimately about my love story. It's not ultimately about your love story. We're here because it's ultimately about His love story and how we can be a part of that. So therefore, it's for all of us. It's for singles. It's for children. It's for those who are old and young alike. Come again today and hear the amazing love story 
of a God who loves and rescues you. Because that's what really matters. You know what's happening in my life? God is teaching me something, and here's where we're going to journey today. He's teaching me to learn to let Him love me more deeply. The reality is this, is I spend a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of focus and a lot of passion trying to love Him. I mean, the greatest commandment is a commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And I've spent a lot of time focusing on me and my love. And I've spent a lot of time focusing on how can I love God better? And how can I love you more? And what God is whispering to my ears and to my soul, and sometimes in the form of a scream, is Jeff, learn to let me love you more deeply. Because ultimately, it's not about your love or my love for God. Ultimately, it's about His love for us. So I'm going to ask you to do something this morning and just journey with me. Let's open up our hearts and our souls and say, Jesus, come. Come with power. Come with power through your Spirit and the preaching of your words. Let us be loved deeply. Why? Because only those who are loved deeply can love deeply in return. I want to take you to one passage. In the back of your Bible is a little epistle, a little letter from John, the disciple whom Jesus loved. And he's going to talk to us about love. We're going to look at 1 John verses 7 through 10. Uh, pick up verse 16 and 19. Let us be mindful that we're reading God's love letter to us. It's a holy love letter. It's not without, it's without any errors. And it will never lead us astray. My beloved Orangewood, let's open this love letter today from our great God together. And in showing our love and respect for Him, let us stand. 1 John 4, verse 7 says this, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not know God, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God has sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. And this is His love, not that we have loved God, but that He has loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Verse 16. So we have come to know and to believe that God, the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in Him. Verse 19. We love God because He first loved us. You may be seated. Let's pray. Father God, I pray that the power of your Spirit would come into this room and into each one of our hearts and souls so that we know that you're a loving and merciful God. Father, many of us are weary. Many of us are broken. Many of us are tired trying to learn how to love you 
and how to love others. And God, I truly believe this morning that You want us to hear from You, to feel Your loving arms around us, and to be reminded of the lavish love that, Father, You've poured out upon us through Your Son, Jesus. Wherever we are today, for the one who never has known Your love, to the one who has known Your love the longest, would You come today with freshness, Speak clearly. Change our lives. Make us more like Jesus. Father, the task before me is so large and I just start off feeling so incapable. How do I talk about Your love? I'm so in process with this. I'm so learning about this. But God, would You come and do that which only You could do and take a fellow sojourner, take a broken sinner, and speak profoundly and deeply to your people. The things that I say that are true and contain the good news of Jesus, use those things to make us more like Him, your Son, our Savior. The things that I say that are wrong or merely my opinion, may they fall away and be forgotten. We pray that you and you alone receive glory. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. My life has been bookended with dogs. Yes, your pastor has resorted to preach about his dogs, okay? But we're going to talk about love. i got to begin there. The year that I was brought home from the hospital, 1965, I entered a house that had a new dog, a puppy dog named Barney. To be honest with you, I don't know who came first, me or Barney, but all I know is that I grew up and I had the same year that Barney had, not in dog years. So for the first 15 years of my life, I was blessed with a companion, a man's best friend named Barney. I'll never forget the night he died. He knew it was coming. I don't know how dogs can know earthquakes are coming or disaster is coming, but somehow Butch knew that the end of his earthly days were coming to a close. And those of you who are trying to read into that saying, does Jeff believe dogs go to heaven? Of course I do. Wouldn't be heaven without him. Just, just kind of kidding. But anyway, I remember the last day of his life. And he, kinda, he went into every room. He wasn't allowed into several rooms, but he went into every room, went to every person in our family almost to say goodbye. And at the end of his life, he walked once around the house, laid down in the front lawn, and there he went. It was amazing. It was amazing. 15 years with that dog. 15 years together. And I first now had to start living without this companion. When Katie and I were pregnant for our first child, Jessie, some 20 years ago, when she is well with child, we thought it'd be a good idea. Let's bring puppies into our house, right? Again, we want to let you know what kind of people we are and how nuts we are. So we get not one, we get two dogs. We get one named Butch, one named Kaylee. Butch lived with us for 17 years. Wow, talk about bookending your life with dogs. There you go. Right now we have two golden retrievers, and their pictures are going to be coming up for us here shortly. We have a golden retriever named Abby. She is the mom. And we have a golden retriever named Knox. And the truth is, is that although I've loved my dogs, I always wanted a dog who could fetch. I always wanted a dog who would chase after whatever I threw at them. And with Abby, my dreams have come true. I have a golden retriever that truly can fetch. 
What could Butch do or Barney do, my first dog? Not much. Barney had one skill. Barney could walk up a slide that was 100 feet tall. Well, when you're a kid, it looked like 100 feet tall. I'm telling you, it was a big slide. And come down it. I mean, that was a cool thing. I had a dog who knew how to go up and down a slide. Couldn't fetch. Butch, Butch could only fetch the neighbor's cat. <laughs> Kid you not. And sadly, I had to tell the neighbors about their dead cat. <laughs> Kaylee, well, Kaylee couldn't do much at all. She had bad ears. We blamed her ears as her sullen personality and kind of lack of life. But she was a good-looking dog, but didn't do much. And then there's Knox. Well, with Knox, i got to tell you, I named him after John Knox, the thundering Scott. But Knox is not a lover. I'm sorry, Knox is not a fighter. Knox is clearly a lover. And he's not much of a fetcher either. But Abby, Abby is that golden retriever that someone gave us when she was a year and a half. Uh, she uh, uh, certainly loves to, to uh, fetch. And when she's bad, I want to tell her, you might be the first golden retriever in history, Abby, that's given away twice. I mean, who gives away a golden retriever, right? I mean, they're great dogs. And sometimes she acts up. I'm like, Abby, I'm telling you right now, you do not want to be a golden retriever given away twice. Issues. Abby came with a uh, surprise bonus. We got her about a year and a half. She already had a litter of puppies. She already gave birth once. And we got her. We started looking at her and saying, man, she's getting really fat. What are we feeding that girl? She's getting big. She's supposed to get that big. I know she already had a litter of puppies. What's going on? So we called the previous owners, the ones who gave away Abby, and said, hey, we just want to know. Are we feeding her wrong? What's going on with Abby? Uh, She's kind of looking big. And they said, oh, we thought we kept Thumper away. And before you know it, Abby gave birth to seven puppies. Now listen to this. I get a free dog, a golden retriever. I sell six of the puppies, make $2,400, and I keep the pick of the litter. That's a good deal, right? Is that not a good dog? Well, she's been costing me ever since. I think we're far past broken even. Well, Katie picked out the pick of the litter. I wanted the first one. I wanted the first dog, Spurgeon. Spurgeon was strong and athletic. Uh, Everything a guy wants in a dog. I mean, just the leader of the pack. Everyone else followed Spurgeon. He had the best name, my hero, Charles Spurgeon, who I named him after. Big and strong, athletic. And she wound up picking Knox, who was beautiful and meek and gentle. Who wants a dog who's a guy who's beautiful, meek, and gentle. But look at him. That's what I got, Noxie. And man, did she make the best decision of all. You see, sometimes Knox, he doesn't fetch, but sometimes Knox will come over and he'll just put his head in my lap as if that's all he wants, as if that's enough. It's pretty amazing. And then sometimes in my my devotional chair, I'll have Knox, and he'll think he's a lap dog. I mean, look at him. He's not a lap dog. And he will try and sometimes crawl up into my recliner with me. It doesn't matter if I'm reading the Bible or doing anything else. He'll say, I want to be with you right now. And I want to fully be with you. And I'm going to crawl up into your lap and rest. That's Knox. Knox doesn't fetch unless I command him to. 
He comes over the bone and I'll pull it out of his mouth and I'll get it. I'll go, go get it, Noxie. And then he does. When I command him to, to fetch, boy, he does it with great enthusiasm. You'd think he actually loved it, but he doesn't. See, I got my desire for a dog that fetches with Abby, and she loves to fetch. Abby loves to fetch more than anything, including me. A lot of times I go outside and I study and I, and I read, and when I'm out there studying and reading, Abby will come out and wants to play fetch. I got one of these little plastic toys um, called Chuck It that allows me to grip a tennis ball or a ball without touching that slobbery thing. And I've trained my dog. She's smart. I said, don't ever bring that ball over and put it in my lap. Don't want it. It'll make my pants dirty. Don't put it on my left side. I'm a right-handed thrower. I want you to put it on my right side. I will tap the ground. She knows where to drop it. If it rolls too far away, I'm too fat and lazy to go get it. She's got to go get it and bring it right back there. And Abby could play catch all day long. Sometimes I throw the ball too far. Sometimes I throw the ball too far and it goes over the fence. And sometimes I don't mean to. Did you get that? I mean, most of the time, she's just wearing me out. And eventually I say, here you go. Go get it, girl. I live, uh, my fence backs up to Ornell. And more than one time, I hear a doink of a car going by. Oops. In the last week or two, I had a friend of mine tell me that I have performance issues. I had a friend of mine look me in the eye and say that I don't know how to be, that I'm too busy in the do. I had a friend of mine tell me that they think I don't necessarily know how to listen to God. I had a friend of mine say, I think that you're trying too hard and maybe God just wants you to stop and say, he loves you. What kind of friend is that? You know, I mean, what kind of friend will tell you the truth in love? The best kind. Well, my day was wrecked. I mean, it was wrecked. I mean, who tells a pastor that they got performance issues? That's why we go into the pastorate. <laughs> who speaks that kind of love enough to say, you don't listen very well. I'm a pastor. What are you talking about? And so I went home. I went on my back porch, I got my journal out, I spent time with God, and I tried to start saying, what in the world is happening, God? Is it true? And before I knew it, Abby came and joined me. She opened up the door. She can do it. She saw me out there. She was so excited. She opened up the door, and before I knew it, the door flew open. She had a ball in her mouth, and guess what? She wanted to play fetch. She just wanted to be out there with me. She just wanted to play fetch because that's what she wanted to do. And before you know it, I'm throwing that ball and there she goes running after it. And even trying to pet Abby, it's really more on her terms. When I'm showing love to somebody else, she'll get jealous and she'll come over and she'll get her claws and she'll start digging into you saying, pet me, pet me, pet me. And playing with her catch, it's all about me and my timing, me and my timing, me, me, me. And I started throwing that ball and I said, she's selfish. She's just concerned about herself. She doesn't even like me that much. I'm just, could be a robot out here. 
And I said, you know what? I'm selfish. I care about me. I just want to run after the ball. Do I really want to be with Jesus? Do I really want to be loved by him? Or do I want to perform for him? And maybe the reality was, is my friend was right. That I'm just chasing a ball and I'm not basking in his love. God forgive me. When I looked at John, I just realized that God is calling us into a love story that he wants us to bask in. And every love story does begin with him. I mean, he basically says in 1 John verses 7 and 8, he says this, love is of God. Love starts there. And listen, the only people who know how to love are those people who have been born again by the grace of God through Jesus Christ. So all this love affair that we have in this world and all this talk about love really makes no sense. It's nonsense apart from God's love story. According to God, the ultimate lover of our souls and the lover of the universe, love begins with Him. Because God is love. And we start to begin and understand this when we know Him, when we're born again of Him, and we know Him as our God, and we know Jesus is our Savior, and we're filled with His Holy Spirit. And now we have the privilege of entering into His love story. It's amazing as I'm reading through 1 John um, 7 and through 10, it's saying this, that God is the one who initiates love with us. It's about God's love story, not ours. It's about Jesus coming and saying, I'm going to bridge the gap. I'm going to pay the penalty that separates you from me. I'm going to make you clean and beautiful and lovely. I'm going to just going to clean you up. I'm going to love you while you're not. And I'm going to love you so much as I want you to live in my love story. And somehow I forget that. Somehow I think that God wants to love me so now I could live in his law story. So now somehow I could live in his performance story. That God loves me so much that now I can go and run and chase after the ball. I think I missed it again. He said, no, no, no. I've sent my son to bridge the gap so that you could be a part of my love story. And the only way you're going to love is you let me love you deeply. And let me love you completely. You see, every love story does begin with Jay. And love begins with God, and only until we have a relationship with Him can we really love Him and love others. And that's why Jesus came. So we could be a part of this amazing love story. I started to realize this. With every love story is about Jesus. I started to realize that God's love for me is much more important than my love for Him. God's love for you is much more important than your love for Him. Do you believe that? I think somehow I missed it, folks. I think I spent most of my life thinking that I just got to love God. I got to love God. I got to love God. And I got to love you. I got to love you. It's the greatest commandment. All the commandments hinge on this. I got to love, 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 love. And some of you aren't very lovable. And I know I'm not very lovable. And so I got this, I got this contention in my life. What am I going to do? I'm supposed to love, 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 love. I'm supposed to go, 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 go. And someone just throw the ball to me, please, so I can run after it. And God's saying, no, 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 Jeff. Really, what we need to do is you just got to understand how amazingly I love you right where you are. And it's more about my love for you than it is about your love for me. And I started to realize that, you know, we're only going to love well if we've been loved well. Does that make sense? We're only going to love well if we've been loved well. And if God wants us to love him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, we've got to somehow open up our lives to him and say, God, love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I know you have. 
You see, the reality is he has. And somehow I'm living my life with my hand up, kind of blocking it. And saying, God, I just, I want it to be about my love, not about your love. I think what God's calling us today, Orangewood, is this, is to say, we've missed it. We're chasing the ball maybe too much. And really, I think what you need to do is just let the Lord God love you with his whole heart, mind, soul, and strength right where you are. And until you understand in every fiber of the being that you are lavished and loved, until you understand what the gospel has done for you and set you free, until you understand the infinite, eternal love of God, you can never love back deeply. And he wants us to love back deeply. Him. But I want to perform. And sometimes he says, just sit there and put your head in my lap. It's okay. And let me woo you again. And let me amaze you again. And let me lavish love on you again. And let me remind you of my son's blood. And let me remind you of his righteousness. And let me remind you of adoption. And let me remind you that you're part of the family and joint heirs of Christ. Quit chasing the ball. And then when we let him love us deeply. You know what we do? We, we, we love ourselves deeply. And the only way we're going to be able to love each other deeply is if we're okay. And we're loved. And the whole story takes wings. Valentine's Day. They absolutely ruin Valentine's Day in elementary school. Because they make you bring in a shoebox to receive those lovely Valentines for the rest of your classmates. The ones that we all bought at the same store that said the same goofy things. And here was the, here was the rule. Don't get anything special for anybody else, okay? Everybody has to have the same goofy little things. And somehow we made our boxes. We put pink and, and red on them. And we brought them with great anticipation as we went around the room. And everybody got a little token of love. You get one. You get one. And it was somebody else's mushy words with a name scribbled on it you could hardly read. Man, it warmed our hearts. We took love and we made it the least common denominator, didn't we? Let me tell you something. There's an amazing love story that God has for us. And it's seen very clearly right here at the table. He's got a Valentine's for us. And he wants us today. Today is really about sitting in his love and understanding that we are not going to be able to love well until we receive his love well. And he's got a Valentine for us, his family today. And it's a whole lot more than just a little token. You see, what's going to happen tonight is there's going to be companies who are going to spend millions of dollars to get their message across. They're going to spend millions of dollars to get a message across of what they're about and what they want you to understand about them. God spent the most. He sent his only son to get his message of love across. He sent his son to be manifest into this world so he can know that he really loves us and he is for us. And what was the cause? It's the broken bread. It's the poured out wine. It's Christ's torn body. It's his shed blood. And a love story that says, I'm amazingly in love with you. And this is my Valentine to you. And you may be single, and you may be lonely, or you may be a widower or a widow. Uh, you may be brokenhearted, but God wants to remind you, but I'm ridiculously in love with you today. And here is my valentine. My valentine is my son Jesus on that cross. That is my love for you. And it is lavish. It is unchanging. And it is unquenching. So list of things I want you to do this week. And we're going to begin by a church family coming to this table and receiving his love. We've got to come and receive today, okay? 
So we're going to begin with this Valentine that God has for us this week. Come to the table and be loved. Tonight, here's what I want you to do. For those of you who will watch the Super Bowl, I watch them for the commercials. They're great. But I want you to watch the commercials in a different way. I want you to think about how much those companies are willing to spend to get their message across. And tonight during the Super Bowl, worship your great God and say, I got something better. There was a message that came to my heart that cost God his only son. And he was willing to spend it for you. Did you get the message? Is he in your heart? I want you to have a Valentine's date with Jesus this week. I want you to find some time, some place, and do what Knox does, and just climb into God's lap and listen to Him say, I love you. Get somewhere. And here's, here's, here's the kicker. For those of you, you got a homework assignment, that are longing to be loved, I want you to write a Valentine to Jesus this week. Write it. Write him a Valentine. Listen, you can't just start by writing. you got to first sit and marinate in His love, and then, then write Jesus a, a, a Valentine. I'm going to have a box up here next week. And come and bring it, okay? And just remember the amazing love He's lavished on us. I'm going to pray, and after I pray, there's going to be a song that's sung, and the elders are going to come forward and prepare the table and prepare this Valentine's card, this amazing offering for us. Let us pray together. Father, we thank You that You're not a God who just wants us to show up so you could throw a ball and we can run after it. But God, you are a God who is the lover of our souls. God, you know the truth about us. You know how selfish we are. You know how broken we are. You know how much it's about us and not about you. And you love us anyway. You love us enough that Jesus would be manifest to come among us, to rescue us, to pay for our sins so that we could be yours. Oh, what Valentine's card we get to open. The bread and the wine. The broken body of Christ. The love story of Jesus. The greatest story ever written. Come and feed us again today, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.